Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. It's time for the word of God. And um, we've come, we've come to God's house to hear from God. Amen. And I believe we've already been spoken to by the songs. And now it's time to hear from God's servant. To, to, to hear what God has to say to all of us. Amen. Um, by the way, those of you who are new, we are standing at this time at the back. I can see some of you are still sitting. Every standing, please. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, it says, we have come to Zion. We, we, we've not come to a drinking spot. We've not come to a nightclub. This is not your boyfriend's house. We have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Our God is not dead. He's alive. And he's walking in this place this afternoon. We have come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Tell your neighbor, I'm a spiritual Jew. And then we've come to an innumerable company of angels. Now, if your spiritual eyes were open, you'll see angels. There are some large angels on the stage. There are some in front. There are smaller angels on the balconies. There are some angels flying over your head. When you come to church, you have come to the company of angels. Amen. Verse 23. It says, we have come to the general assembly. That's all of us. The only assembly, it's not the only assembly at school that's the only assembly. We have come to an assembly of people who believe in Jesus. We have come to the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. And to God, you've come here to meet God. Oh, I thought I'll have an amen. You've come here to meet God himself. And then you've come to the spirits of just men which have been made perfect, which is great mantles of people who have served God and gone on into eternity are hovering over you and they are landing on you in Jesus' name. And then in verse 24, it says, we have come to Jesus. How many of you are happy that we've come to meet Jesus? The mediator of the new covenant. And I like this one. To the blood of sprinkling. You see, if you could see in the spirit, there's a sprinkler in the ceiling. And all the things you did on Wednesday and what happened on Tuesday and what you did on Monday, there's a sprinkling of the blood of Jesus all of us. And that blood speaks better things than that of Abel. And then this is the advice that uh, Paul has for us. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. When you come to church, be careful that you don't refuse when God is speaking to you and when God has something to say to you. And this afternoon, our prophet is coming up to deliver a word from God. Your life will change. You know, in the first service, in the first service, our prophet came and shared with us about the shield of faith. And he said something, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, if you are under attack, look for something to believe in and for something to obey. And the attack will end. If your finances are under attack, take the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And I tell you, today, 
Look for something to obey in what our prophet is coming to say, or else it's you just came to church for nothing. Refuse, see that ye refuse not him that speaketh. God is about to speak, and don't refuse what he has to say to you. Some of you have to change some things, some of you have to increase some things, some of you have to decrease something. But whatever God has to say to us, how many of you are ready? And how many of you believe that nothing is impossible when you put your trust in God? Heavenly Jerusalem, are you ready to sing? Nothing is impossible. If you believe you are in the presence of God, let's sing it together. Nothing, Nothing is impossible. When you put your trust in God. Nothing is impossible. Christian for so many years serving the Lord and working in the church tell your neighbor I've been a Christian for so many years serving the Lord and working in the church why don't we sing that song you can sit down Christian for so many years, serving the Lord and working in the church. But now I have a greater passion to love my Lord. God made the sun, the moon, and the stars. God is so great, yet He seems so far. When I talk to
What a blessing. Now, today I'm going to share with you um, something very important. And I've been sharing about church growth. And um, today I'm going to continue. And I'm going to share with you about church growth and diligence. Amen. Now, every one of the statements is a prophecy for you. Amen. Because diligence is a word used in the Bible which most of us don't actually understand. Father, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome all those on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Um, yeah, welcome. I can see you out there. I see about a thousand people joining us wherever you are. I hope you are doing well out there in your room. God bless you for being with us. Amen. And I want you to also listen very carefully because God is blessing you over there. You can stop the frying. I saw some plantain just now. Somebody was frying plantain. You can hold on with that. Just listen to the word of God attentively and God is going to bless you. Amen. Now, diligence is the constant and earnest effort to accomplish something. Constant effort to accomplish. Everybody say constant effort. Amen. Amen. So, this is going to apply in your business as well. It's going to apply in your ministry. It's going to apply in your work. It's going to apply in your marriage. It's going to apply in your relationship. All right? And I want you to listen to the prophecies. All right? Now, number one, prophecy number one. Those who exert a constant effort to accomplish can expect to be found blameless. You're going to be found to be a good person. Those who exert, constantly exert effort to accomplish your goals, you are soon going to be declared a good and a blameless person. Because of your constant effort. Amen. Many people are unwilling to apply relentless and continuous effort on something. And so, in terms of the work of the Lord, you need to decide that you are going to do his work applying a 
constant effort. And in your workplace as well. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. In other words, be diligent that you may be found blameless. In other words, it those who don't apply a constant effort, when the exam time comes in your school, all right, you're going to be found blameful. And you're going to get low marks. That's it. Everyone who does well in school applies constant effort at the coursework. You can't just be blowing time with boyfriends and girlfriends, smoking out there, doing whatever, and then expect to pass your exams with flying colors. Somebody's got to be crazy. So he said, Beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent. So the church work requires constant effort. Honestly, if you don't, are not ready to apply constant effort, you should resign now. So all of, I'm galvanizing everybody here to join in our great effort. We want to see 25,000 people on Sunday mornings. And the f- first of all, we need to cross our 10,000 comfortably before we set eyes on the 25. But we, we, we need to be a church that is applying a constant effort at this idea that the church can grow. There's no place for a lazy person in this commission. A lazy person cannot achieve much. That is why often you find that medical doctors, when they come into the ministry, they do well. Why? Because they have applied hard, constant effort for seven years in medical school to pass exam after meaningless after exam after meaningless exam. You didn't hear what I said. I said meaningless exam after meaningless exam. They've gone through hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. And that is just one characteristic you need in any work, in any job, in any type of place that you are working. You need constant effort. You need to apply constant effort. Constant effort. Constant effort. You can't get constant effort and say, oh, Charlie, I, I, I need to sleep. It says, Therefore, seeing that you look for such things, good things from God, be diligent so that you'll be found in him without spot and blameless. When you are assessed, you'll be found blameless. In either December or January, I had a meeting with some of my bishops the, young, the younger bishops. Um, then I showed them, one or two of them, 
I said, based on the results that we are getting from your work, you know, because we have various ways of assessing. Ah, it doesn't look like you are meeting up to what is required. And based on that, the next thing is that we are going to be removed as a bishop because we don't, you, it's not permanent. You get it? Now, since that meeting, we saw that recently we were analyzing and we saw that things have changed dramatically. So you realize that some effort has been applied, more effort than before that meeting. Yes. And there's a change, change in everything that we, we monitor in our work. Yes, because we have various parameters and constants that we use in the church work. There are four constants that are used and various trends. Oh, yes. <laughs> the church is a science to us. Yes, it's a science to us. Yes. We didn't leave medical science to come and just sit down like turtles who are no, no more thinking and no more moving around. It's a scientific exercise to us. Oh, yes. So we said, well, we cannot. And currently, I can see two of them, two other ones are under threat. We'll remove you. You'll not be a bishop again. And I'm applying that also to the grown-ups church. Yeah, you just be a reverend. Because many people are not doing well because they are simply lazy. You will be shocked how lazy people are. The constant effort. Effort. Oh, yes. I remember when I was in secondary school. The guy who topped the whole school. You know, you could do only nine subjects. I don't know if he did ten. I went to his room one day. It was getting to exam time. When I entered his room, I understood. I mean, there was books everywhere, open. Ah, he was like, he said, he's very hot. I said, you are hot. <laughs> what would the rest of us do? You are hot. But you see the constant effort. Because that's why you are bombing. And people who bomb in school, when they come into the ministry to work, they equally bomb. The same laziness they applied from when they, they couldn't get this course, they couldn't get this course. When you got this course through a poor one to one to before you managed to pass. The same attitude is applied in church. And they don't do well. And the same attitude is applied in their work life. And then those are the people that will be now attacking people that are higher up and say, we are the monkeys, we are working. But when they look at the car, we are driving this and that. We are the ones doing the hard work. Oh. Constant effort. You are not serious. And later you want to be a manager. Somebody's got to be crazy. 
Have I told you that movie about that somebody's going to be crazy? Okay, you, have you heard of the movie Where Eagles Dare? Yeah, when you get a chance, watch it. The guys were sent on a mission. I think Clint Eastwood was one of them. It was, they were sent on a mission during the Second World War to go into some high castle that was at the top of some mountain. So he didn't know where they were going. And when they finally got to a place, the commander gave him some binoculars that he should look and see where they are going. And I tell you, when he looked, it goes deep into a valley and up to the top of the mount, steep mountain with snow. And there was a castle there. And the commander said that that is where we are going. And Clint Eastwood said, somebody's got to be crazy. Somebody's got to be crazy to send us to such a place. So, anyway, if you are interested, you can watch it. Some of you, when you watch movies, you just sleep. It shows that your, your mind has not been engaged. It is boring to you. Go and check in the dictionary, uh, in, on the internet, causes of yawning. Causes of yawning. You have not been mentally engaged into some... <laughs> preaching, movies, anything. You don't learn anything. You don't see. You just wake up at the end. The end. When they write the end, then that's when you are waking up. Number two, second prophecy. Through your constant efforts, you are going to be rich. Receive this prophecy in the name of Jesus. Through your constant efforts, you are going to be rich. I declare this your future in Jesus' name. Constantly on the same thing. Yes. Proverbs 10 verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. He becomes poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent maketh rich. A hand of a diligent man. The hand of a man who is constantly applying efforts makes him rich. That's why I say that beginning from today through the new spirit of diligence that is coming on you, your constant efforts are going to make you rich. Change diversion. Change diversion, please. Oh, yes. Heal. Somebody. Yeah. Verse 4. It says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Change the version again, please. Hands that don't want to work make you poor. But hands that work hard bring wealth to you. Look at your hands and say, you don't want to work. eh? You don't want to work. You don't want to work. Let this be your last warning. You work. You will 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 work. 
Another version. Change the version. It says, being lazy will make you poor, but hard work will make you rich. Hard work will make you rich. But I want you to believe in every area, constantly working on the same dream and vision. Constantly. The Bible says the hand of a diligent, the hand of a man who is constantly making effort, it makes him rich. Look around and see. Many people that are rich, you see, have had been working for so many years constantly. I've been a Christian for so many years. Serving the Lord and working in the church. Amen. And there are people who wouldn't want me to be rich. But it's too late. Yes. It's too late to discredit or make the Bible not true. Yes. It's too late to try to make the Bible not true. That the hand he becometh poor that dealeth with the slack hand. But the hand of a diligent person makes the person rich. One way or another. One way or another. One way or another. When you marry a man who loves to sleep and a man who loves to rest, a man who is okay with everything, you should know, don't complain later and say, why don't you do that? That is how he is. You know it before you marry. And you should check the temperament. When you see that this man is 100% phlegmatic. 100% phlegmatic. And you are marrying him. You should not expect certain things. The nature of the person is to be okay with everything. And it also, it's, also, it's also peaceful. It's okay with most things. And you, the lady, you have to become a lioness. You see, in the animal kingdom, the lion, the female... She's the one who brings food. The males rest. The, I don't know whether they are phlegmatics, the male lions. They rest, they just relax. The, the women go out and they hunt and they catch the antelopes. Rarely do you see the males going hunting. When they've caught an antelope or they've caught whatever, then they come and displace all the ladies and then eat the lion's share. Then they roll over and sleep. And their wives don't accuse them. They just relax and they flow with it. They say, oh, you are the king. You are the boss. You are the man. Allow, allow us to eat. So in the, in, the, in, the, in the animal kingdom, we do have examples where the woman is the lioness. Even amongst hyenas, wild dogs. The woman is the, she is the madam. And she has the cholerism and the drive. To go out hunting. Sometimes they need a male, like if it's a big buffalo, to come and just help to bring it down. Just a bit of strength. And so he would just come and push the thing down. And occasional assistance. 
So, sisters, you have to understand. Eh? Does not even nature teach you? Am I reading from the Bible? Does not even nature itself teach you? That's what the Bible says. Does not even nature itself teach you? Look at it. Does not even nature itself teach you? So I'm not saying that a man shouldn't provide. The Bible says if a man does not provide, he is worse than an infidel. All right? He's worse than an infidel. But if you are married to a cool brother, oh, take him to all your public events. He will go with you. You can go around posing with him. So this is my handsome he has provided, even though you provided, it's like he has provided. Are you listening to me? So, please be aware that the hand of a diligent makes rich. Oh, yes. Number three. Your constant effort is going to make you a leader. Write it that way. Your constant effort. These are all prophecies. Your constant efforts are going to make you a leader. Anyone who is noted for constant, continuous, hard, persistent work becomes a leader. Yes, you become a leader because it's quite an unusual characteristic among human beings. Your constant effort will make you a leader. And even your bosses will recognize that. But this guy is forceful. He's persistent. He's always not tired. He's on it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. The hand of a diligent man or a man with constant effort Will, will be the hand of a ruler. He'll, he's going to become a ruler. Put the version up there. And change the version. Diligent hands will rule. Diligent hands will rule. Diligent people will become leaders. It's just a matter of time. I mean, there are people who recognize me as a leader in the, in the church. I mean, one of, the leaders, one of the leaders in the church in Ghana. I haven't introduced myself to anybody and I haven't given any certificates to anybody. But a person who is constantly making effort in his corner will eventually be made or become a kind of a leader. And some kind of authority will be given to you. And so you wonder, why are you not being appointed? Why are you not? No one notices your hard work. Where do you work? I'm showing you something. Every boss notices. There are some people around you, they are like engines. The person's presence makes things work. Things work and you see for something to work, hard work, hard, hard work. Hard work. It will make you one of the leaders. And I prefer people who are made leaders by their hard work rather than people who are made leaders because I've been around for a long time in Babiache. I've been here for a long time. 
You need to work, maybe government work or any of these other institutes, UN or those type of work. That one, the longer you stay, then you become director of this principal, uh, what? Superintendent something, then they will be changing the names. Deputy director, director of this, principal this, uh, what? Huh? Chief director, officer, executive, you'll be changing names and moving. Not by diligence, but by I've been around for 19 years. I ought to be made a principal director of the chief executorial. Your constant effort. Are you listening? You sit down in the, in the school and say, oh yeah, you there, you, you there, you will not learn. You there, you just use support. You'll never be a real leader and you'll never be made a leader. Yeah. Your constant effort will cause you to be chosen among the Christians to be made one of the leaders in the church or a leader of a, or a pastor. Beautiful. Or in your workplace, I'm telling you. People that are in places of authority, they notice. They notice. That's why they notice. So those who come late, who leave early, first, last to come, first to leave. You are the first to leave. Or even as you are there, you are checking your time. When to go, or you are on the phone. They can see your mind is on other things. A diligent person, say that the person is on it. Oh, such people are wonderful. You always like such a person. Every leader has people like that around. They are doing things all the time to make things real. Number four, your constant effort will make you anointed, prosperous, and fat. When I say fat, I don't mean biological fat. You will be oily and anointed. And people will not know whether you are anointed or you are hardworking. You see, when people are anointed, people don't know whether they are anointed or they are hardworking. Proverbs 13 verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A soul of a man with constant effort huh, shall be made fat. Constant diligence, look, don't forget about the word diligence because we all don't understand it. It means constant effort, that's all. Constant, persistent effort on the same thing. We want the church to grow. We are on it only every day. Church, grow, grow, church, grow, grow, church. And that is why you have nobody in your church and you are not constantly on it. Change diversion. People who refuse to work want things and get nothing. Hey. But the desires of people who work hard are completely satisfied. Fantastic. The desires of people who work hard are completely satisfied. Change diversion. No matter how much a lazy person may want something, he will never get it. A 
hard worker will get everything he wants. Anointing, prosperity, whatever. A hard worker will get everything he wants. You think you are clever? You think you are fast? I can tell you, leaders who have achieved a certain status, eh, they have sharper eyes and they've seen things they haven't said. They saw that you are not even interested. They see that you are sleepy. They see that you are... T- I notice people who are sleeping on me. There are people I, I walk them out, go out of the service. I can't stand your presence here because you are sleeping when I'm preaching. What I'm preaching to is, is boring to you. Yes, you are not mentally... I've not engaged you. you, you what I'm saying, it lacks, you, it, it's not interesting to you at all. I mean, which is unfortunate. How can it be that I'm preaching to you today about hard work and it's not interesting to you? Something that is a secret of prosperity and of everything that we are ever seeking for. How is it that it's not interesting to you? I mean, you must be somebody who is not going anywhere to happen. Somebody's got to be crazy. Amen. Oh, yes. Your number five, your constant efforts are going to lead to, will lead you, your constant effort will lead you to plenteousness in everything. Plenty of everything. Oh, I prophesy plenty of everything. Plenty of everything. Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Proverbs 21 and verse 5. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness. Plenty. But of everyone that is hasty, only to want. Amen. Amen. The thoughts of a diligent tend, you are always tending towards plenty. How many believe in plenty? Do you believe in plenty? Okay, now, receive. Plenty. Plenty what? Plenty houses. You believe in houses? Oh, today I saw one young man. He told me he's building a house. I forget where he, he, he said, I'm building a house. I've reached here and so on. So I asked him, how old are you? He said, I'm 24 years old. I said, I'm 24 years old. I said, wow. Then I said to him, Build 50 houses. Hey, no one is shouting a louder amen. Receive the grace to build 50 houses. Plenteous. The hard-working, diligent man is having in his mind plenty. Plenty of houses. Receive plenty of houses. How about cars? Oh, yes. Plenteous. Receive your convoys. Matarama Shumbaramana. Constant effort. Constant effort. You will see that a car is nothing. By the grace of God, now I don't even know the, the cost of a car. Oh, yes. By the grace of God, I don't know the cost of a car. There are people who are always checking the price of a car. How much is this one? So what is the cost of this one? How much is this one? 
receive the ability eh, to have cars that you don't even spark for a long time. In the name of Jesus. You have a Sunday car, a car for just Sundays. Have a car for Sundays. Plenty, plenty, plenty. Why? Why not? The thoughts of a diligent, a, a man who is always making effort. Is things become plenty. Now, receive food. Eh? Food. You get it? Do you hear what I say? Father, those that believe, thank you for grace. Plenty of food. In Jesus' name. Number one, you have a storeroom in your house. Number two, your storeroom from the ground to the ceiling will be filled with food you cannot eat. In the name of Jesus. Ah, you will not be making tea. You send somebody to go and buy tea back. The person will come. When he comes, he said the milk is finished. Go and buy milk. Then you go and buy one of the milk and come. Then the sugar is finished. Go and buy sugar. And the sugar will come. One tea you are going to drink. Three people have to be sent three times down the road. Have you seen it before? How many have seen some before? Raise your hand. Today marks the end of seeing such things in the name of Jesus. Plenteous food. Oh, you'll not be struggling to have plantain in your house. You not go to the market and be arguing with somebody whose profit is less than one city. You are de- you are debating and bargaining to remove even the one city. She's selling six corn for one city. Eh? Six corn for one city, and you are bargaining with her to make it nine corn for one city. Chale, people are wicked, oh. Do you understand what I'm saying? Abele, do you know Abele corn? That they boil. Do you know how much they buy it? They buy six for one CD. Bef- yes. Before they boil it. And they sell it. And they put salt, coconut, everything. You've come to bargain. You want to remove even the skin from the teeth. Six for one city, that is how they buy it. Now you want nine for one. Oh, some way. Receive plenty of everything in your life. Some of you ladies arguing about tomatoes, price of tomatoes every day, price of rice, this, that. I mean, eh, one food that you make, we will, we will study economics before we eat. When visitors come, you wait for them to go before you serve the food. No, 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 no. Receive plenty food. Receive plenty money. Receive clothes, plenty. Suitcases full of clothes. I see somebody here with more than 10 suitcases. You, you, don't, you can't even open them to see what is in them. If you throw it away, you will even see what is in it. Receive in the name of Jesus. Abba. 
You are giving coins. You won't change from the coins. You won't change of the coins. Eh? No, Charlie, it's some will. You are delivered. Everybody say plenteous. Plenteousness. Plenteousness. Touch your neighbor's pocket, but not too deeply. Say, receive plenteousness. You are okay. You are okay. Your wallet, your money, your everything. Plenty, plenty. Don't steal somebody's bag. Oh. Plenty in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number six. Constant effort will make you interact with important people. Receive it in Jesus' name. I said your constant effort will make you to interact with important people. Some of you have never met an important person. Oh, yes. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? Have you seen a, a, dili- a diligent member of the church? Uh, have you seen that guy? Ah, he shall stand before kings. You will soon be standing before kings. You will be serving kings granite soup. You will be serving them with granite soup. And they will be eating from your hand. How many believe that one day you will serve a king with groundnut soup? You say, king, have some soup. And the king will say, yes, I receive it. But right now you have just been serving house help and other students and so on. Receive the grace. Oh, yes. The people that you interact with will change. Amen. Amen. Seest thou a man diligent, constant effort? I mean, this is what the Bible says. A man is constantly applying effort, constantly, constantly working, constantly working. He will soon be standing and relating with or interacting with or having an interaction with a king. I didn't write the Bible. Amen. How many have never met an important person before? Oh, you have all been meeting. Okay. I don't mean me, I mean I've met an important person before. Oh 
warriors. Receive, listen. May the Lord cause you in your lifetime to interact with kings. Yes. And what causes that? You see, you will not know the correlation. Constant effort. Constant effort. Yes. You know, I know that if I had been a doctor, I, I don't know whether I would have met all the presidents I've encountered. I wonder. Maybe if I'd done medicine, maybe discovered something special. Yeah. See as thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. Number seven, and the last point. Your constant effort will cause you to have a great impact into other generations. Diligent people affect other generations. Not just your generation. Proverbs 27 verse 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy heads. For riches are not forever, nor does the crown endure to every generation. So be diligent. Because if you are not diligent, the efforts you are making will not endure to the next generation. Yes. Make great efforts. God is going to bless your great efforts as you do that. How many are ready to apply constant effort? How many say that you've not been applying constant effort? Stand to your feet and let's pray about it before we continue, please. Amen. Lift your hands and pray concerning this spirit of diligence. Lord, bless me with the spirit of diligence. Help me to walk in diligence. Constant effort. There are people that are trying to build churches. God is saying to you, listen, constant effort will lead to the church growing. Constant effort on the same thing is going to lead you to where you belong. Where you are dreaming that you should be. Constant efforts. Constant efforts. Constant efforts. Constant efforts. Constant efforts. Your dream of ministry. Your dream of serving the Lord. Your dream of following Jesus. You need constant efforts. Constant effort to be holy. Constant efforts to be pure. Constant effort to be a spiritual person. Constant efforts to be a servant of the Lord. Constant efforts for church growth, for the mega church, for your business, for your ministry. Seest thou a man diligent, he shall bear rule, he shall stand before kings. He will be appointed as a leader, he'll be noticed. God himself is giving you a spirit of diligence and is blessing you. Marando Satalama, Mando Kataba, Shele, 
Mando katabara mandalada. Malora mandasite. Perindo paramanda mandose. Oh yes. Oh yes. Eyembo la manda. Paramando la mete. Palambara mandalada. Toma kabara mandalada. Oh yes Lord. Mandolo da mededede. Paramando lo mondele manale. Yes. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, in this next short, very short session, I want to share with you about the work of the church. Working in church. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm now talking about the work of the Lord. This is a verse that we often read at funerals. When we are all discouraged and we, when we, are, we are closing, do we, we just use this verse to encourage ourselves that therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor or your work is not in vain in the Lord. There's a difference between the work you are doing for yourself and the work of the Lord. That's why he says, be ye steadfast and movable, always abounding and underline that in the work of the Lord. In the Lord's work, in the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord is different from your current secular job. It's different from your school. It's the work of the Lord. There is actually work in the house of the Lord. And I just want to show you some important thing about how to work hard. Amen? In the, to, to, it says, always abounding, like be, be into, into a lot of the work of the Lord. For, this is for Christians. First Corinthians is for Christians. It's not, this is not written to pastors. All Christians should be abounding in the work of the Lord in spite of all our problems. You know, there are certain things I've seen that uh, there are certain things I don't say that I want to say. That's another realize that if I say somebody, because I've seen people, people are merciless and wicked who take things out of context and even make fun of me when I say them. But I'm telling you that People, we, we are not working for the Lord because there is no problem or because we haven't had crisis or issues that are painful. So I don't want to make any comment about such things because there are mockers who want to just make light of even things that are painful. They have no, they have no human feelings. But I want to tell you that this work, God says to us, be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Apart from all the other jobs you are doing, there is work of the Lord and you should abound in it. Abound in the work of the Lord. And all of us should abound. We cannot attain 10,000 people we need to be relaxed with 10,000 people, like sitting down. 
And by the way, we have service in the morning. For those of you who need to come to church in the morning, there's service at uh, nine, eh? Yes, nine o'clock, there's a service. Afternoon, we are here. And then um, Saturday also, in the evening, at seven, eh? Yes, we are here. So we start on Saturday morning, we are also here in Anakazo. So we are here all the time. Abounding. Now, you must abound. And until you attain certain things, it is not work. Number one, how do you know you are working for the Lord? How many want to know whether you are working or not? Oh, yes. Ask your neighbor, so do you work for the Lord? The, the thing the man is saying, is it, 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 does it apply to you? Ask your neighbor, the thing the man is saying, does it apply to you? Do you work for the Lord? What did they say? He said they are working. Eh? I was waiting to hear the points to know whether he's working. Very good. Point number one. You must have working hours. Every job has its working hours. Every job has its working hours. Amen. So what are your working hours when you say you are working for the Lord? Can you tell us when your hours are? What hours do you have at your bank? 8 a.m. to 5. No matter where you live and where you are, be there by 8 to 5. Whether it take you three hours to get there, plus the 8 to the 5 and three hours to get back home, we don't know and we don't care. 8, you should be there up to 5. That's the bank. And I don't want to mention which bank. It's one of the big ones. It's one of the big ones. What about the church, the work of the Lord? Ah, you see now. Which work, what time, what time do we start? Aha. Aha. Let me tell you, this is the reason why we, you see us in church on Sundays, and you see us in church on Sunday afternoon, evening, morning, we are here. Because Sunday is our major working day. Sunday is the working hours of the church. So when somebody says, oh, we've got an old boys association meeting. Old boys, I don't know whether your school, they like doing that. Old boys, old girls, and your family too, they will say, Sunday, government, they will say, come for this meeting or whatever association. They like Sunday. They say, hey, for me to go on Sunday, it's like seven days of work that I am forfeiting just to come for this lunch. My working hours is Sunday. When an Emirates pilot says that he's flying, taking off at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Have you seen Emirates flying from here? Hot afternoon, you see them flying. Who is, who is the flying the plane? Is he in the house? He's working. In the afternoon. That is his working hours. You see them leaving British Airways, 11 o'clock. 11, they are not leaving till the morning. That is the working hours they have, 11 to 6 a.m., London. Uh, so, and what should they do? They should say, no, we we'll work at 8, 8, only 8 to 5. Okay, jump out of the plane in the morning and let's see. Somebody's got to be crazy. Every job has working hours. And when it comes to the ministry, Sunday is our day. Saturday also is a day. But Sunday is a great day. That's why Sunday, uh, for us to have church every Sunday afternoon or morning, it's nothing. Whether morning, whether afternoon, is the same. 
evening is the same. Because for Sunday, the whole day and evening and night is for him. That's the time that most lay people, you can get a chance to do something. So, so in the church, we're not allowing, we don't go, to, we go for lunch with our families. And My friend, don't even begin. Why don't you have lunch with your family on Monday in the morning, afternoon? Why, why, why are you asking about the Sunday one? Why are you asking about the Sunday one? Why don't you ask about the Monday one or the Tuesday one or the Wednesday one? Why don't you ask your spouse to come home for lunch? Is there not a lunch break at that work you are doing at Barclays Bank? Come to the house and eat here. Come, leave that work and come to the house. Come and sit right here so that I'll know that, yes, you are married. Come. Come on Wednesday. Come on Friday. Somebody's got to be crazy. On Sundays, we are also working for the Lord. We are having rehearsals. We are going for visitation. We are having meetings. We are discussing things. We are doing counseling. We are doing everything. So if you are not engaged on Sunday, I'm sorry, you are not working for the Lord. We are not working for the Lord. Uh, I want to go to a church where when we go there, like Sunday, you know, my traditional uh, decent church where I used to go even with my parents in those days. I want to go to a church where we go in the morning, then around 11 o'clock, everybody has finished and then we all go to the house. Then I know that, yes, I've been to church. Look, we don't have that here. Go to your traditional whatever. Here, we work on Sundays. We are working for the Lord. That is our culture and our tradition. And we have no apologies at all. But what about our families? Will our families our whole families are here? Our children are here. We've been running, we've been running around in the church for years. Everybody is here. So what about uh, this thing? We get something to eat. Of course, there's food everywhere. Please come and sell food in the area. We'll buy your food. So Sundays. We, it's a time that we've given for the Lord. And some of the weekdays, some of the evenings. Uh, but uh, So how many days are you going to? Look, I don't know what your problem is. Have you not seen people, they finish, they finish work and they go and sit at a drinking spot. And you see them drinking, 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 drinking. And they go home late in the evening. No one is asking any questions about that. And you finish work and you, 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 you go and work for the Lord, do something in the evening. Is it a problem? Hmm? Let's be serious. So, if you don't have a time, say, look, this time I'm working for the Lord. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is my working time. Number two. A sign that you are working is that you are doing the work of the Lord. Is that you are spending a lot of time. Yes. Now, you are spending a lot of time. Everybody say time. 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 I can't hear your time words. Time. 
Yeah, you're spending a lot of time. Now, let's take an Uber driver. How many hours, if that is his work, will he be driving that car? Yango, if it is his work. Or a taxi driver. How many hours? You see him morning moving, driving, 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 driving. When you are driving your car, will you say you are working? No. It becomes work when you spend a lot of time. If you don't spend a lot of time doing it, I don't think you can call it work. Oh, I think I'm going to, uh, I'm going to France. I'm going to France. You are spending some few minutes to drive your car to go here and here. That is not your work. For some people, driving that car is their work. Every spend hours behind the driving, the, the wheel. Driving here, driving here, driving here, driving here. Up here, go here, go here, come, go, come. People rent them and take them to Lome and come to Abidjan and come to Burkina and come. Kumasi and back. It's their work. And you see, they spend a lot of hours doing it. Until you spend a lot of hours doing it, you can't be calling that your work. Work means that time, time, quality time has been spent. And that is why we spend a lot of time in the house of the Lord. Oh yes, we spend hours in the church. And you've got to get used to it, brother. Get used to it. And you see, if you don't spend time in the church, you spend time elsewhere. Count the number of boys you've slept with. And how many hours it took to have such a track record that no one can even imagine that you have such a record. Ask your neighbor, no one has an idea of the track record that you have. Nobody has an idea. You say we shouldn't come and spend time in the house of the Lord. Somebody's got to be crazy. Amen. Now, number three, the third sign is tiredness. Yeah, you spend money and you spend energy. Yes. When you start spending money, because you spend money to go to work, for transport, to eat at work, most of the money that we earn is spent going to the work and spent coming back from the work and spent eating lunch at the work and spent buying shirts on uh, uh, loans and buying other things that people come to sell at the workplace. Higher purchase. I'm lying or I'm not lying. That is work. Don't they sell things at your workplace? What do they sell? Earrings. Shoes. Shirts. What? Phones. Blenders. Iron. They bring it to the workplace to sell. So most of your salary is goes into buying things at work. Buying lunch. Where do you get lunch from at work? The same place. And then money for transport. That's why when pandemic came and people stopped going to work, they realized that, oh, it's not bad at all. So they stopped going to work. A lot of all over Europe, they, don't, they can't get people to work. The people realized that at the point, there was no point in going to work. 
You work in the house. Yeah. So don't be saying, well, I spend a lot of money to a transport when I'm coming to church. And I, I get very tired. I get very tired. When I, because you are doing the work of the Lord. If you don't get tired, then you are not doing the work of the Lord. If you are not that tired, you are not doing the work of the Lord. I'm telling you the real. The tiredness is a sign of work. Tiredness is a sign of work. Until you get tired doing this work, you are not working. Those are all we are working for the Lord. You are doing, you are attending church. Attending church is different from working for the Lord. That you are doing something and you see that, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I've actually worked. Yes, now I need rest. Charlie, I need a break. When I see the church, I feel tired. When I see the church building, I feel tired. I don't want to pass and see the church. When I see the church, I feel tired. Until the church becomes a place of tiredness. Uh Uh-huh. You have not really entered the work of the Lord. So now ask your neighbor, based on these three points, are you doing the work of the Lord? And number four, we are ending, we are ending, we are ending. Work hard. A sign of the, that you're doing the work is that you keep doing the same thing over and over. Yes. Yes. What do you think doctors do? Huh? You know, abroad, eh, the doctors, they do some few things. Everyone is a specialist. You have a specialist of the right toe, a specialist of the left toe, specialist for this, specialist for everything. I know a doctor who does colonoscopy. That is putting the um, camera into the under and pushing it round. That is all that he does. From morning to evening, Monday to Friday, he pushes the thing up there, then he looks, he pushes the camera, then he writes the report. And push another one in, then like one after the other. That is all that he does. It's wild, though. So, repetition is a sign of work. So, when you are doing counseling, so it's, it's boring. I, I did marriage, I counseled this couple last year. I'm repeating, it's the same thing, got the same type of problem, the same word of God, the same thing. You have to take your time and go to over and what I'm preaching. You think I've not preached it before? I'm preaching my book that I've written a long time ago to people. I'm, you should have read the book. I'm repeating. It's tiresome to repeat it to you, but I'm still going over and 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 over. The same things and the same things and the same thing. That is a sign that I'm working. That's work. That shows you that I am doing what? The work of the Lord. And from today, what are these four characteristics? Give me the four characteristics. We are going to find these four characteristics in you. Number one is what? Working hours. Number two? Ask your neighbor, do you have now your church working hours? What are your working hours? Ask your neighbor. So what are the working hours you have for the Lord? Hmm. Hmm. Monday, what did you say? Sundays and some weekday in the evenings. Beautiful. It's not bad. When you add the hours, you see that it's something. 
Amen. And by the way, when you die, your secular work will not even be mentioned. You watch and see. Come for any funeral and see. Your secular work will not be mentioned. It is only the work, and it is almost like it's only the work you do in the house of the Lord. I remember a great man, you know, he happened to, they asked us for us to do the funeral, so we did it. Because his family was in the church. He has worked at UN, Liberia, Uganda, uh, Philippines, here, different, I'm, I'm just mentioning, different places. When they were reading his life story, some people say it's too long. They should leave out. Chale. So the man's, I mean, history that he had gone here, he had worked here, so just, it's okay. You have a, you can read it yourself. And they just turn it over. Finish. Summarize. There was nothing to say. Yes. People who don't go to church, when they die, try and attend a funeral and see. It's, it's pathetic. There is nothing to say. Even people try to, so people in their tributes, when, do you know what people do in their tribute because they don't have anything to say? Do, do you want to know what, what they, no, I, want to, I think these people, I don't think you're interested in what, in what I'm saying. No, I'm not, I'm not tell you what people do. When people are at such funerals, tributes, do you know what they do at the tribute? They write poems. They, they take quotations. Quotations, maybe uh, a, a famous poet, then the whole tribute is the poem. Oh, my friend. Then they'll write, blah, 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 blah. that was the sound. When you listen, so what are they saying? There's nothing to say. They, quote, they make quotations, Shakespeare and all these type of people, and they put it there. But there's nothing to say. Yes. And some people have tributes very short. We had a, we had a funeral of even a little, our, one of our little dancer who used to dance in front here. She's going to be with the Lord. People had tributes. After the funeral, I was standing with some of the children. This one was telling me, why, why you, didn't read, you didn't read my tribute? I said, listen, it's not my fault. I don't know how this happened. Let's read it now. So I started to read through the tribute. Everybody has written. She did this. She was this, this, and that. Then after that, then this was my tribute. Then I have to read their tribute to them. And I was very interested also. I tell you, just somebody who's been in the church. But for 11 years. But here you see someone you've been around. You were here, you were here, you were there. Then they'll just write, oh, a fairy tale has said, I mean, find some words, they'll just join me some words together. Hey, that Shakespeare said, this and that said in those days. This, uh, that's all. Hey. No. The day that you die, your tribute will be like a book. Yes. Some people, even when they die, they'll say no tribute because they know that, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Should in case. Say no tribute, no tribute, no tribute. Before it becomes that actually there are no tributes. Hmm. 
So number one, how will you work? Working hours. Number two, spend a lot of time. Tell your neighbor, hey friend, I'm the one sitting by you and I'm asking you, I'm saying, spend your time in the house of the Lord. Oh yes, then we know that you are working for the Lord. Number three, expend your money and energy. Oh yes, we must have the nicest food in the church. The nicest what? The nicest food. So somebody should bring the nicest food to the church. Oh yes. How many would like to come to church and when you come to church, I mean, the best what? The best what is here. I can't hear your English words. You want to eat bongo and tilapia in the afternoon on Sunday? Why do you want to eat that on Sunday in the afternoon? Money and energy. Number, number four, keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Repeating, repeating, repeating. Because that is when it becomes work. Yes, repeating and repeating and repeating. Now let's go through the seven prophecies. The seven prophecies. Every standing for the seven prophecies. Ah, those who exert a constant effort to accomplish can expect to be found blameless. Say your loudest amen. amen. Number two, through your constant, let's all say it together, through your constant effort, you are, no, change it to, I am going to be rich. So change it to, through my constant effort, I am going to be rich. Say it again. Ah. Ask your neighbor, why are you not reading? Can you not read? Can you not read? Somebody's got to be serious. Number two again. Through my constant effort, I am going to be read. Those of you online, I hope you are reading. Where are the online people? Onlineers. I hope you are reading the points. You are eating fufu and your mouth is full. When we are reading points... Let's see the point now, quickly. Number three, your constant effort is going to make you a leader. Tell your neighbor, I hope you will not be appointed as a leader because you've been around for a long time. Eh? Those type of appointments, they are not good. You must be made a leader because of your constant hard work and input. Number three, number four, my constant effort will make me anointed, prosperous, and fat in the spirit. Hey. In the spirit, in the spirit. Number five. My. You people, I want to tell you something. The people over there, they are not, they are not reading. The people on that side. The people on the other side, they are not reading. People on that side. Huh? They don't want to exert effort. Okay, let's try it again. Number five again. Number five. Let's listen whether we can hear. Ready? Go. My 
Amen. Amen. Plenty in what? Plenty in what? Such as what? Tomatoes, tomatoes, corned beef, Kelly Welly, dollar, dollar. Tell your neighbor, dollar, dollar, dollar. Plenty. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Constant effort. Constant effort. The Bible says it tends to plenteousness. Plenteousness. The next one. Your, my constant effort will make me interact with important people. Write down any important person you have interacted with. Or take your phone and write down any important person you have ever either shaken hands with or interacted with. Eh? Let's see. And from today, that list is going to be longer than one sheet on your phone. On your phone. It's going to be a long list. A long list. A long list. Amen. Wow. My God, my Lord. Oh, yes. Somebody said, yes, I knew Mr. Soso before he was a president. Uh It is when the person is a president. (laughs) I was in school with ACN. I was in school with this. I was in school with... All right. Are you ready for the last point? My constant effort will to have a great impact unto other generations. Give the Lord your loudest amen. Beautiful. Lift your hands. Father, thank you for the spirit of diligence that has descended upon the church. And upon your children as we serve you with all our hearts. Thank you. Thank you for the spirit of constant, persistent, unrelenting, unremitting efforts in serving you all the days of our life. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Touch everyone, Lord, that is suffering from laziness, suffering from being laid back suffering from being casual, too casual and too relaxed about God's work. Thank you for a good spirit, a flowing spirit that is working in our lives. We give you thanks and we give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you for this good spirit that is imparted to everybody here in Jesus name. Amen. And as every head is bowed, you want to give your life to God. I don't know who you are. Maybe somebody invited you to church. I want to invite you to come here. If you want to give your life to God today, as we close, we are just about closing. But as we close, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. Lift your hand up. You want me to pray with you because you want to give your life to God. Lift your hand up like this. Say, Pastor pray for me and pray with me I want to give my life to God today today, 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 today I want Jesus to change me if you are here like that wherever you are, if you have lifted your hand or you want to lift your hand then come from wherever you are standing upstairs, on the left 
upstairs in the middle, upstairs on the right, downstairs, everywhere. Pastor, I want to give my life to God. Please pray with me. If you are here like that, lift your hand and come. I'm giving you one minute to come to me in the front here. Come, 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 come from where you are. Come, come from upstairs. Come from downstairs. Come from wherever you are. will be your covering his blood will flow freely it will provide your healing come run into that mercy say Jesus please forgive me for my sins I give my heart to you and I give my life to you please have mercy on me I am a sinner but today I come to you just as I am wash me cleanse me make me a new person from today I belong to God I belong to Jesus I give my life and my heart to Jesus Christ please write my name in the book of life everybody say this part please write my name in the book of life my name is mention your name my name is Say, please write this name in the book of life thank you Jesus for saving me today I love you Jesus I thank you Lord for saving me today in Jesus name Amen give the Lord a mighty clap offering God bless you now all of you lift your hand like this say I am born again I am a new creation. I am a child of God. Amen. You know, by coming to pray this prayer, you are now born again. You are now a child of God. And your name is in the book of life. Can I hear your loudest amen? Can I hear your loudest amen? Are you glad that your name is in the book of life? Oh, yes. 
Jesus has saved you today. So this Sunday, next Sunday, and every Sunday, you have to find your way here. No matter what, find your way here. And I promise you, your constant effort, it will end you up in heaven. And it will lead you to the streets of gold and to heaven's gates. Anyone who wants to make you fall away is from the devil. This is your house. And Jesus is going to change you in a way that you will not believe that it is you who has changed so much. Amen. God bless you. And if you look down there, look at the sign, follow me. Follow the follow me. And you are going to come to a good place. God bless you as you please go. I am a new creation. I'm a new creation. No more in condemnation. Here in the grace of God I stand. Hallelujah. Take your Holy Communion. Brothers, sisters, we are one.
cleanses me from every sin and every mistake. The blood of Jesus. Lift your holy hands. The Lord bless you with many blessings. Lift your hands. The Lord bless you with many blessings. The Lord reach out to you. The Lord make his face shine on you. The Lord help you. The Lord send an angel to help you this week. May the blessing of the Lord be on you, your family. And everything that is precious to you. May you not hear bad news. May you hear good news. May every bad news turn around to become a good thing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Live long and prosper. May you be an old man in the house of the Lord. May you be an old lady in the house of the Lord. Having served the Lord for many years and working the church. May you be a worker by excellence. And on the day that you go out of this world, may your, the honor and the tributes to your, your work be endless. May you arrive in heaven to crowds of cheering angels and glorified saints who welcome your arrival because your arrival is the arrival of a hero of the last days. May boys and girls both listening and hearing my words have these prophecies fulfilled in detail. The Lord bless you with spiritual things. The Lord give you spiritual gifts and spiritual blessings. May you be a spiritual giant, a spiritual worker, a spiritual leader. Receive the spirit of diligence. Receive the spirit of diligence. And may all the seven prophecies of a diligent person be fulfilled in your life beginning from today. In the name of Jesus, let me hear your loudest Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.